finding your way again to organic matters. I'm on this particular part of the show on July 7th, 2023. And it's going to be probably now the fourth hottest day ever on earth. It's been three in a row so far. And by hot, I mean the hottest days ever recorded as regions all over the world endure dangerous heat. And when they talk about the hottest, they're talking about the whole world. They're not talking about whether you're in Texas or Michigan, okay? It's overall. Earth warmed to the highest temperature ever recorded by human-made instruments when the average global temperature reached, well, let's do it both ways, 17.18 degrees Celsius, which in our terms is 62.92, other words, basically 63 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a worldwide average on Tuesday. And in America, of course, millions of Americans celebrated the 4th of July uh, on the next hottest day. So it was third, then the fourth, then the fifth was even on Wednesday. The record was tied as global temperatures again got to 17.18. So it tied the hottest ever the day before. The record was first set on Monday when average global temperature reached 16.2 degrees or 61.16 degrees. But it only took one day to surpass that. That was then the hottest. The next day surpassed that. The heat blanketing a lot of the earth has been driven by El Nino in combination with the greenhouse gas emissions responsible for global warming. Those conditions are going to prompt even hotter temperatures over the next four to six weeks. This is a whole new phenomenon, folks. This is according to Robert Rohde. He's a physicist and lead scientist at Berkeley Earth which is a nonprofit environmental data system analysis group. Although that data group only existed since 79, Tuesday's temperatures represent the record for long before global temperatures became to be recorded. Global warming is leading us into literally unfamiliar worlds that we've, we're not aware of. The record was broken at the same time that some regions in the southern U.S. are facing week-long heat waves and dangerous temperatures, as well as intense heat domes, especially over Texas, folks, I'm in Texas. But they also occurred elsewhere. They're having huge heat domes in China and, and even larger one in North Africa. For a little background, Earth had already had its warmest June ever on record for air temperature and for sea surface temperatures. But July and August are going to prove to be even hotter as El Nino continues to strengthen What's going on here, folks? We had a long El Nina. It lasted like two and a half, three years. Even though we still had hot weather, she kind of tempered a little bit. Well, she's gone now. El Nino, instead of tempering hot weather, actually strengthens it. As for instance, June global temperatures have been rising every year since 1980. Contrary to popular belief, folks, heat is the number one weather-related killer in the world. We always think of hurricanes because we hear about them in tornadoes. But with more than 600 people dying from heat-related illnesses every year in the U.S., according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, a far greater number than those killed by tornadoes, hurricanes, and other uh, weather phenomenon uh, in any given year. And I found a notice that just here in Texas, we've had 13 heat-related illnesses that turned into deaths that died so far just since the beginning of summer, which is, what, June 22nd. They basically say it's the hottest weather that we know of at least for about 100,000 years. 
Everybody says, well, how do we always know that? You know, some people always question the science. We've been taking ice core samples and been studying the weather for decades already. And from the ice core samples, they're able to see the temperature variations. They've taken them on both the Antarctic and the Arctic, and nothing has shown up to even get close to where we are now. The other, besides ice cores, there's a great study on these coral reefs that have been around tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. And they show kind of like tree rings. They give you a real history of what's going on. So it, basically, according to Jennifer Francis, and she's at the Woodwell Climate Research Center, this is all she's ever studies, uh, is uh, probably at least 100,000 years since it's been this warm. And then we don't know. We just haven't gone back any further than that. As the time I'm recording this again on Friday and Friday morning of this week, Friday, June, July 7th, it's anticipated that we're going to have several more record-breaking days at least just ahead of us and that it may be as much as a month or six weeks of the hottest continual weather that we've had at least on this planet as long as we've been able to record it. For those that have listened to me for years, you know the other thing I've tracked for years since the 1970s is called the Keeling Curve. It's a, a gentleman that started accurately recording the amount of CO2 in our air uh, since the 1960s or so. I forget what year exactly he put his. Oh, 1958, I think, is when he first got into it. For thousands of years behind, before that, our, our carbon dioxide was about 250 or 260 parts per million. Very little bit, but I mean, for year up until uh, what we call the industrial era that came along at the first of the past century, just made, just floated along for tens of thousands of years of about the same. And then it started going up. Then it hit a, what we thought was an impossible peak in the late 60s and early 70s. It went from 250 to around 300. But then there were scientists that had been studying that are saying, hey, things are changing, folks, a lot faster than we thought they were going to. So I go and look it up today. Okay, I'm looking at it as we're talking. It was at 250 roughly in 1958. And before that, it had just constantly been around 250, a little less even before the turn of the, in the late 1800s is when it started going up a bit. Industrial uh, pollution was the beginnings of it. Today, as I look at it, it's at 422.71. That reading literally is from J July the 6th. So basically since yesterday. So in the last, what is that, 60, in the last 60 years, 60, it's gone up 170 some parts per million. We were warned back in the 60s and 70s that if it got over 350, that we were gonna have at least a one to one and a half degree Celsius temperature raise on the whole earth. Well, we're already exceeding that ratio by far quicker. 30 years sooner, we thought that would be by 2050. Here it is, 2023, and we're already approaching more than the number that we thought we could handle. If it goes beyond the two degrees Celsius, that's just a cap, a man-made cap, then we knew a lot of the things that are happening were going to happen. Well, they're happening way ahead of time. The storms are getting more severe, the dry is getting drier, the hot's getting hotter. Ironically, areas of the earth are getting more wetter, not just drier. It's just changed the whole pattern of, of what how the earth is sort of 
taken care of itself for tens if not millions of years and we've changed all that in 60 years so i don't know i guess there's not a lot of people around now that don't believe we're warming the earth there's still a few i i see a few on tv that are just wacky but we got to be able to get a grip on it number one and be able to our kids i'm old enough that i won't see a lot of this but we need to need to start now really being sincere about it We've got to lower the carbon dioxide we're putting out. There's no doubt about it. We have got to, to clean up, I guess, our earth, not just the ground, but the, we've done tremendous damage to the water. The ocean is unbelievably warmer. Coral reefs are dying all over the world. Glaciers are melting that will never come back that have been around thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. And they, they've melted in the last 60 years more than they did for the tens of thousand years before that. We're not sure what that's going to do. Now, those that melt in the ocean know the ocean doesn't come up because it's uh, it's the ice cube in the glass. You put your ice cube in the glass and as it melts, the amount of liquid still in there. It doesn't change really. But how about the, and I mean tens of billions of tons of ice that are melting on Iceland because it's on land and as it, as you let it melt off, you're pouring more water in the glass. A lot of Antarctica is that way. Some of the Arctic is that way. So as those on land masses are melting, it's going to change. Yes, the water's already gone up several inches. There, there are islands that people have had to be moved off of up in the Aleutians and now out in the Pacific because they're gone. They're, they no longer get above water. They were only a foot or two above anyway. Well, that's the other thing people don't realize. The water may only go up two inches in certain parts of the Gulf or somewhere, and, and other, because of the way the world circulates, might go up six or eight inches at the same time. There's a number of scientists saying places like Charleston, South Carolina, Miami, Florida, and they, they name a bunch. I'm just naming the ones that I've been to, so I have seen it. Uh, it may, may be underwater or close to it, during super high tides, which come about three or four times a year right now, Charleston, South Carolina, actually has parts of the city that for since it's been built were above water that are flooded even without any rain or, or anything, just from the extra high tides that are coming in. They're having to sandbag parts of the area of the city to keep it from flooding, even if there's no flooding phenomenon going on. It's becoming the normal for that part of the country. And we're at the beginning of it. It's going to be very, very different in another 15 or 20 years. I, I'm not going to be here for that, but my children are and my grandchildren are. And, and it seems that especially if I don't do politics, but I will, the politicians don't care. They only care about it, whether they're going to get elected in two, four or six more years and never, ever say, I got to get that, bite that bullet now for the future of a lot of us, maybe of all of us. And they're just not going to do it, folks unless you encourage them. So if I'm going to be a political for the day, yes, you've got to get more interested in what we're going to do with petroleum power. It can't, fossil fuels cannot last forever. They're not going to go away in my lifetime. Probably going to go away in most of y'all's lifetimes, but it's got to go. Uh, the uh, horse and buggy got taken over by the car. Okay, it took time, but it did. Well, combustion engines are going to be taken over by electric engines and eventually maybe even uh, hydropower. Hydrogen is uh, an unknown, there's a massive amount of it. 78% of this whole earth we breathe 
78% of that atmosphere is hydrogen. If we can learn to capture it, it's almost an unending source of energy for us. And I think we will. I'm not a pessimist. Um, hydrothermal. We've, got, we've gone miles, pardon the pun. And if we can go a little bit more, get a little bit more educated about it, there's an untold amount of energy five or six miles down in the earth. And we are almost able to tap it now. There's some new science that's going on that'll show us how we can make that uh, usable energy. It's there, and it's there for all human purposes infinitely. All we need to do is learn to use it properly. So anyway, that's my, uh, my gossip corner, my idea of what we need to think about. And I meet so many people that they just, uh, I use this as a very bad metaphor. There's ostriches. They just stick their head in the sand and forget about it. They're not, they don't think about it. They don't care. I have a good friend that's up in Ohio right now, and his air for a number of days now is so polluted that he should, he's already not very healthy. He shouldn't even be breathing there. But he doesn't have a choice. Why? Because we've got the most massive fires in Canada we've ever had and no easy way to stop them. That's going to be a phenomenon that started a decade or so ago in the West and now is going not just here, but worldwide, we're having more and more fires that are putting more and more pollutants in the air, number one. Number two, losing a heck of a lot of our natural resources. Sorry to get on my wagon, but thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.